Welcome back, new season of the podcast. It's back by everybody asking me, basically. I was getting so many messages saying, Steve, why isn't the podcast um, being shot anymore? Are you continuing it? Are you not continuing it? Well, here's your answer. We are back. This is our first episode of season two. We need a name for the podcast. All the lads are here. We haven't decided on one yet, but we will. And if you have any comments below, I mean, if you have any recommendations, comment below and let us know what you think that this podcast could be called. But straight into it, I have a special guest today, Luigi Newton. Yeah, thank you for having me on again. Well, thank we you very much for coming. It. Appreciate it. It was on short notice as well, because yeah. we was only together last week shooting a yeah, video. It was, yeah. How'd you find that? Um, I thought it was so fun, honestly. Like, that whole day of shooting was so fun for me because we was able to talk a lot off camera and yeah. get to know each other and just really, there's a lot of similarities in deals and that type of stuff. And yeah. So yeah, it was good to meet you and the team as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah. thank you, I appreciate yeah. it. If you haven't seen that video, it's up here. Guys, you need to watch this video. Anybody that wants to get into the HMR business, such a cool video, really informative and he's practicing what you preach. Yeah, and hopefully we can come back and see the end result on the eight bed especially. Yeah, um, that's the one with the extension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we managed to cool. sort out the issue with it now. Yep. Um, like with the title deed being in uh, personal names, not company names. Okay. So that's been sorted now by HMRC. Okay. So we've got the funding come back in. So, the so work's now the work's on. continuing. Yeah. How long do you reckon? I'd say four weeks. Okay. Um, the funds have not dropped in yet, but as soon as they do, it'll be four weeks from that point. Okay, so, so it'll be in the next week or two. That you yeah, start that commencing. Start, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool house. Yeah. Really cool project. Yeah. I like that. Nearly got a parking ticket there as well, which. Uh, yeah, and we ran out, didn't we? Like, get, yeah. out, get away from this car. I know. And, <laughs> and to be fair, the guy was quite nice. Yeah. So, yeah. thank you for coming. Appreciate it. We're not going to go into the usual podcast where it's mm. tell me your story, tell me this, tell me that, because everybody is going to be able to see a lot of what you do from the previous video. Yeah. So I'm gonna ask a few more personal questions okay. and yeah. let people know what you're really like because when I met you, yeah. I have nothing but good things to say about you because you seem like a very genuine human being, very humble. Yeah, and when I went around to your projects, it was the way that your contractors and your, your builders were speaking to you as well. You could yeah. clearly see there was respect there, yeah. which is nice because normally builders can be quite snappy and yeah, yeah. But all the guys around you seemed really relaxed and like you treat them well. Yeah. And I it's the same here, like in, in your office. Is this class as an office? Well, yeah, this is our office, yeah. this is our HQ, yeah. It's got a good vibe, like I'm liking the vibe in here. It's nice and relaxed, chill, yeah. so yeah. Um, it's a happy place. Yeah. It's, it's been a bit, the weekly's out on Sunday. Yeah. It's been a bit shitty this week. Okay. We've had two days of like nonsense, mm. but the last two days, today and yesterday, is back to how we used to be. Okay. But I think that's just a stress because we've leveled up. Yeah. So we've took the business from our old offices. Yeah to here, mm. it's quadrupled our outgoings, and I think the stress, and there's just more purpose. Even though we had purpose before, there's more purpose, it's the location, the credibility. Now we have a network of people that we have to make sure that we take care of. Mm. And I just think when, it come, when you get extra pressure, sometimes a crack can appear. It's yeah. just how you deal with it. Yeah, and people, a lot of people, I think, don't understand that property life is stress as we both know, it's stressful, but it's how you handle it. And I think you do get better at handling the stress, uh, I've noticed anyway. Yeah. And like scaling up, obviously, is, you're gonna feel stressors doing it. Yep. 
and yeah as you said cracks to appear um, issues that need resolving but yeah you get it done so so you must have had stress with that conversion that we're talking about just oh, coming to yeah. see hell yeah how did you deal with that oh to be honest with you i'm just glad that my joint venture partner on that deal was experienced because i've noticed that when i work with experienced partners if they've already got a portfolio of properties or they're a business person they understand how it's ups and downs and not everything's always going to be smooth sailing so luckily on that deal uh, my joint venture partner you know he's a multi-millionaire several properties already in london so he kind of understands the game so it wasn't actually that stressful on that side but if it was a new person that it was a, their first deal then i reckon it would have been very stressful yeah um, they would have probably been pulling their hair out and going crazy but um yeah so it was stressful though in terms of me just trying to organize it because i take every single deal very serious so for me it's a case of i want it to run smooth so when it doesn't it's like ah. but basically it was a solicitor's fault because when we bought the property they put it in our personal names rather than our company names yep so that was kind of the mess up but we've managed to resolve it now um, but it's just basically added a lot of time onto the deal i understand that how, how much time has it had added on from probably like seven months okay so it's really fortunate that you did have a jv partner who understands yeah because if this was a newbie yeah when you say pulling their hair out there's been a lot worse than that i believe yeah, yeah. because we do jvs with a handful of people okay and my whole goal this year is to help people who are newbies not to put the money into something where it's risky to mm. go with us yeah. where they know they're completely protected they're completely safe mm. and i can see how a couple of them are very pushy yeah they think it happens overnight yeah. they all think this that this is you know a very quick fix my take on it is social media mm -hmm. what's your take on it why do you think yeah. people have got a, the wrong perception yeah i think people's expectations on what makes a good deal is completely off yeah and i think that might be a big reason is social media or youtube instagram people are always showing their best deals and a lot of people online do make things out to be easy um i always try and be completely real about the good side and the bad side um and always making it known to people that an all money out deal is quite rare they're definitely doable i'd say i've worked it out the other day i've done about nine deals altogether and I think only three of them have been completely all money out or okay. more. But that's still good. Yeah. Because you can do 20 and only get two. Yeah. So that's still amazing what you've done. That's, yeah. that's, but that's not completely achievable for everybody, is it? No. And this is the thing. Like, if a new person's doing it completely on their own, no training or anything, there's a chance they might be left with just an 8% return on their investment yeah. or something like that. Or they might struggle to let it because they're bought in the wrong area or something. So I think doing a joint venture with someone like myself someone like you is good for people but they need to have good expectations yeah because they'll go they're more safe working with an experienced partner that's true so yeah that's depending good. on who though because i know some people out here are just robbing people and i think it's crazy the sharks yeah the sharks like it's a real thing so yeah just people be careful out there yeah uh, good advice be very yeah. careful go with somebody who has something to lose go with somebody who's got credibility go with somebody who if something went wrong, they had a, there's a point of contact. They yeah. can't just disappear off the face of the yeah. earth. That's the key. Yeah. Well, this, this property world on social media, yeah. especially, mm -hmm. has a lot of sharks in it, and it has a lot of people who do tell lies, yeah. and it has a lot of people who are not practicing what they're preaching. 
anybody who follows me on social media and anybody who watches our YouTube channel and stuff, they know how much I am against it. I mention it all the time, but everybody has to learn themselves. Mm. You can only do so much and you can only tell people and make people aware so much. For every idiot born, a con artist will have yeah. someone that will give them the money. Mm -hmm. They will have a client because everyone's chasing that Lamborghini, that mm -hmm. Ferrari, the big house, the Dubai holidays or wherever it, wherever it is at the minute. I don't know what place is the hotspot at the minute. Yeah. But everybody thinks they can get that in a deal. It's coming overnight. Yeah. So it's really refreshing to see someone like you. Mm. And when I met you the other day, just to being completely open and honest, saying it as it is. Yeah. And again, you show what you do. And I think that's really important. Yeah. So to all the other people out there on social media, if you are selling courses, mm. if you are looking for joint venture partners or loan agreements or something like that, make people feel comfortable by showing them your daily activities. Mm. Show them what you do. Go out, record yourselves at properties. Not just any properties, guys. Make sure they're yours. Yeah. But start showing people what you do so people can actually have something to, to trust in or believe yeah. in but tell the truth. See, what would you say your main tip would be for people that are trying to find investors? Because I get asked that quite a lot, so it's interesting to get your take on it. Okay, so if you're trying to find an investor, again, I think you just practice what you preach. Mm. I don't believe people who are just starting out in property mm. should be posting on social media saying, I need an investor. Mm. That's my opinion. I think anybody that's looking for investors, if you're brand new to the industry, you've got to give a personal guarantee of your house. Yeah. That's my honest opinion. Yeah. So if you own a property at home, and that's yours personally, yeah. or you own something that's of value and yeah. you're trying to raise investment for a newbie, mm -hmm. personal guarantee all, all day long. But once you're at a certain level and credibility's there, then you shouldn't really need to post that you need investment because you should be getting it offered all the time. Yeah. That's so, my take on it. Okay, cool. So I think like my side would be, I've never actually posted that I probably have done it one, once or twice in my early days saying, if anyone's interested, I do offer a fixed return. Yep. I might occasionally do that, yep. but I never rant and rave about that because I don't want to come across as desperate because the thing is I'm not, like, I don't need investors. My whole thing was I'm going to slowly grow my portfolio and I'm going to try and master HMOs. And that's what I'm doing. And I think when you get that obsession there, you naturally, people will gravitate to you that are attracted to what you're doing. So I think do what you're doing, but vlogging and recording, showcasing is great. Yeah. But I think it's the way people do it, especially for any new people listening, I'd say um, try and stay humble. Um, don't act like an expert if you're not. Just show what you're doing. So this is the house that I just bought. This is what I'm dealing with. This is the struggles and this is the good parts. That's kind of yeah. how I'd frame it for new people that want to get into the show, social media side. Yep. Um, in hopes to working with investors. So. Yeah, but the thing that you touched on there was what I said. If you are good at what you do, yeah, and you come across that you are a genuine person, you yeah. don't need to ask for investors. Mm. They will come to you themselves, yeah, because they will see what you do. I've seen it massively. I've got a number of years of experience in this industry, yeah. but only a year on social media. Yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden now, the last six months, I'm literally getting messages from people that are very, very big in the influential world on social yeah. media. And they're like, oh, I've been watching you for a while now. Can we do this? Can we do that? Can we do this? And I'm like, no, yeah. um, because you're not ever going to learn from it. Yeah. If I wanted an investor, I'd say I need investment. Yeah. I like joint venture partners. 
Mm. I like people who want to learn, who want to be able to do things because my whole take on it is, if I do a joint venture with you and you're new, mm. and I can go around the first one with you and teach you certain things, you're not gonna be an expert, mm. but you're gonna have way more knowledge. So then in five, 10 years time, if you're still around me, which mm. you will be, you can go out and do the joint ventures that we're both putting money into, but yeah. you can manage it. Yeah. So then my money starts working for itself. Okay. And all I've done is teach over a certain number of years or months, depending on the person. Yeah. So that's my take on it. Okay. I like doing joint ventures with people who I see a future with. If yeah. I don't see a future with a person, I'm not going to do a joint venture. Yeah. So I like to figure, figure them out and I like to have a meeting with them. I like to see they're clued up. Yeah. That's, that's what I like to see, I'll be honest with you. Um, one kind of red flag I get is nervous energy. Yeah. So say like if someone's approached me, they've got some capital, we sit down, we have a meeting and they're just too, yeah. that, you know when you get that vibe yeah, where someone's no, like my whole, very scared, I can't work with them. Yeah, my whole thing is like number 11. You know my whole thing, my number plate on my car is number 11. Yeah. Everything around me is number 11. I work on signs and energy. Mm. So if I feel something's wrong, yeah. I won't, I won't move forward. And it's the same with when me and Isabella look at buying a house. If the house number's got number 11 in it, yeah. we're buying the house no matter what <laughs> It's weird, it's very strange. And if I sit with somebody like you said and I can see like, mm. I'm just like, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. And I don't like indecisive people. Yeah. I'm very funny about indecisive people. We have lots of people who ask to do joint ventures. Once I sit down with them, I'm like, right, okay, if I find a house tomorrow, are you ready to go? Mm. Soon as somebody stutters, mm. I'm done. It, yeah. Um, I'm out. Yeah, and that, that kind of leads me to the thing of me taking commitment fees. So when I work with a new partner, I always take like a £3,000 commitment fee, but that gets used towards a refurbishment. Because yep. I had it before around two years ago, I was doing a joint venture and a guy pulled out on the week of completion. Yep. So it was like six months into the process because we found one deal that fell through, we found another that led us to the six month mark and then on the week of completion, it pulled out. Ah, oh, okay. For no reason. Yep. No reason at all. Yep. Um, but the commitment fee, I used that to pay the solicitors um, for the searches, for the valuations, that type of thing. So if they pull out, at least you covered, yeah. to a certain extent, 50%. Or is it 100%? Your joint, how do your joint ventures work? So firstly, I take the commitment fee and that gets used towards the refurb. So that doesn't even go to the solicitors. Okay that goes on the actual refurb of the property when we've got the keys. Yep. Um, and how I structure it is, uh, my joint venture partner, they'll fund all of the deal. Yep. And then we'll spl split the profit 50-50. Okay. Um, but I'll find the deal, manage the full refurb, so I'll get my build team, make sure we do a cost-effective refurb, and then I'll manage the property managers on the back end as well. Okay. So it's like a long-term business partnership. Yep. It's not like a quick flip type of deal. Yeah. I'm not really interested in flips. I'm more looking to do buy and hold of HMOs or serviced accommodation yep. type of projects. Okay. Different strategy to what I tell people who are starting out. Yeah. I tell people to flip if they haven't got a certain amount of money. Yeah. But then if they've got a decent job yeah. and they're carrying on working, they don't want to do property full time, I say, well, if you can refinance and pull all your money out, you might as well. Yeah. So it's all down to the, the strategy is down to the person's circumstances. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that's that's, what I, think. I think that's good advice to say to people. If they don't have the capital part they want to build, then yeah, flips are great. Yep. But I think a BRRR strategy and a flip, they often will work as both. Yeah. So it's either or. Yeah, well, I, I get asked all the time. We buy, as you know, a lot of houses. Mm. And I get asked all the time, oh, what are you doing with that property? And I'm like, I don't know till it's done. Yeah. And everyone looks at me like I'm crazy. They're like, <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? Yeah. I was like, well, once the property's renovated, because yeah. we only buy dilapidated houses, yeah. we never buy anything that's turnkey or nothing. We used to buy a few if we get offered them. Yeah. Now we don't. 
So once the once it's coming up to the week of completion, I look what's in the bank. That's what I look at. What we've got in the bank, that surplus cash, yeah. not our income from all our contracts and stuff like that. Yeah. And then I look at what am I buying in the next three months? Yeah. Like what have I got going through that I have to pay for? And then on that week, me and Isabella will sit down and we go, right, we'll sell that one because yeah. we're making a profit of yeah. X amount and we're pulling most of our money as if we've bought it cash or not. Or everything's going according to plan because the other two are worth more money that's going to be completed on next week. So yeah. we'll refinance this one. Okay. So that's how we work our whole strategy. But when yeah. you try to explain that to newbies, yeah. they're like, oh, that's crazy how you don't know. Yeah. But actually, it makes complete sense in our business structure. Yeah, so you've got like several exit strategies as yeah. well of either a refinance or a sale. Yeah. So that's what I always do as it's, well. It's cash flow. Yeah. Cash flow is king, especially when you're buying the number of properties that we buy. Yeah. So we just need to make sure there's always a certain amount of cash available. Yeah. Yeah. And also, we get offered deals yeah. like all the time. I mean, you've seen the sourcing division behind yeah. us. We got this week alone, we've been offered two, like 105 and 115, and both of them make 40, 50 grand. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we have cash available at that exact time, so yes, we can buy that. Yeah. Um, because again, we're very picky with the investors, as in yeah. the JV partners, because we're now at a level where we can pick and choose, mm. but to newbies starting out, you could jump into bed with someone and make a huge mistake. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's the best thing to be picky if you're working with an investor or a joint venture partner. So yeah, I'm with you on that, 100%. Yeah. Very picky. And for me, it's like qualifying people. If someone's only got 90K, that's all their money, I can't work with them. Yeah. I need them to have surplus as well. Just in case. Just in case. You never know, do you? Yeah, because I don't want stress on my side. Yeah. It's not worth, any deal's not worth my peace of mind. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, so stress, we talk about it a lot. Yeah. I I get lots of stress, yeah. but I'm very good at dealing with it. Yeah. And a problem's only a problem if you make it a problem, because yeah. we want solutions, don't want the problems. Yeah. What do you do outside a property? What do you do yeah. to wind down? Is there anything you do, or is it literally just, we had, I have to say this because it's quite funny. Yeah. I met a guy, yeah. and we had a conversation, and we was talking, and he was like, Steve, I watch you weekly. It seems like you never stop. Never stop. And I was like, we don't. Yeah. But obviously, I have my Isabella. We have a relationship that we have to. Yes, we're partners in everything we do. Yeah. But we still need to get that time. And sometimes you can't. It's yeah. very difficult. And he literally sat at me and he's like, I just work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I was like, no, you've been watching way too much <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street. You've been reading way yeah. too much Rich Dad Poor Dad. You have to have a cutoff point. Yeah. And he was like, nope, I don't have any. I sleep four hours a night and I work seven days a week. And I'm just like, Social media yeah. again, it's just got these people. I don't believe in the 5 a.m. club. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I like to wake up when I wake up. I don't like my alarm clock to go off because it, it gives me a headache. Yeah. And if I have to work till 10 o'clock at night, I will. Yeah. But what do you do? How do you like manage your free time? Well, to be honest with you, I've had it on the other side where I've been stressed. I've been struggling sleeping. And yeah, insomnia, thinking about numbers whilst I'm you know, in laying in bed at night. And I knew at that point, this is a problem. I need to really take control of this. And I just started trying to prioritize sleeping. So I feel like making sure I get eight, nine hours sleep, that really helps me to keep stress down and just keep positive throughout the day and stuff. Um, but yeah, try not to overthink about each deal because I, I do get obsessed with them. I'm not gonna lie, I do. But I also make sure to have fun. You know, meet up with friends, go out. Obviously I'm a young guy. I like to go on holidays. Um, I'm just about to book um, Cancun again. Really can't wait to get there. 
So for me, holidays helps me to fully unwind. Yeah. When I'm on holiday, I'm not thinking anything about property, to okay. be honest. So I have like the systems in place where I can step away and everything will still run. Yeah. Um, so the team will still be going. So holidays um, is your that's my de-stress? Time. That's my de-stress. Okay, nothing what? else? Um, going to the gym, working yeah. out. Does that actually, so I, f- I find the opposite with that. So you know yeah. when I go to the gym, yeah. I find my mind's running even more and that's where I come up with a lot of ideas. Yeah, oh wicked. Which is really weird because everyone yeah, I speak to is like, yeah. no, I go to the gym. But for me, for some reason, I put my headphones on mm. and I'm there and my brain, but in a nice way, yeah. not a stressful way. Yeah. Whereas when I'm sitting at my conference table or something and I'm thinking, yeah. I kind of find myself overthinking yeah, and everything thinking, yeah. and I'm like, what am I doing? And I, yeah. I like walking as well. Yeah. I do a lot of, I do a lot of walking. Yeah, Even just being in town now. I just walk to the yeah, shops and yeah. stuff like that. It's so nice outside here. It's such a nice area. Yeah, it's really cool here. It's um it's such a good location. We spent a lot of time here previously. Yeah. Um, so to be back is is lovely. And yeah. Birmingham is is a very cool it's place. It's a great city, isn't it? Yeah. I was gonna move here before I started property. I was looking in um Erdington. Yep. Because you know there was that gym, UTC, that yep. uh, four-storey gym. Yeah, yeah it, it used to be the there. old blockbusters on the corner, and yeah. it turned into a gym. With the owners lives, the owner lived local. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there was that um, Leon Edwards and Fabian Edwards. Yeah, the brothers. They was training there. Yeah. Because um, those times I was probably into that type of stuff. Okay. Um, but I just quit competing. Yeah. But I was still training, so I went was training there but then it like closed down okay so i was like i think it's moved now it's still here is it i think oh, it's okay. in west brom i'm not sure guys i'm not 100 percent sure i'm being yeah. told by ams it's not but did it move to west brom uh, rebranded. that's it so is it in west brom though uh, yeah just underneath it's like in a weird like yeah area. they have moved oh, it somewhere okay. else Ronin. Ronin. okay oh, okay but so that's so the good, mma though. guy yeah utc was so good like when i went in there i was like wow it's man. never been done before yeah. That in I don't think that I'd concept. ever seen that before. Yeah, the way yeah. it was on the four floors mm. and the octagons was all in there and stuff. Yeah. It was really cool. And obviously, um, Leon and Fabian have done the city. Yeah. Oh, wow. The levels that they've got to, yeah. um, they've done the city very proud. Yeah. But I was training there and I just heard, boom, and I looked over and see one guy sleeping on the floor. Really? <laughs> yeah. So the gym, is that is that a de-stress then? Oh, 100% for yeah. me. 100%. But again, I have to be conscious that I'm not on my phone because, as you know, when you've got several deals going on, you, your phone's popping off sometimes yep. and you're running a business. So it's like, for me, it's like trying to switch off my phone. But I have my good days and bad days at gym. Okay. For me, I'm really just trying to conquer fitness and gym and eating healthy. Like, for me, that's a struggle for me because yep. I've got a bad sweet tooth. So, mate, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like anybody that knows me. Yeah. Chocolate is just <laughs> the worst yeah. thing you can put in front of me. Yeah. I wake up every morning, I'm like, I'm going to have one chocolate bar today. Yeah. By dinner time, I've had two or three. <laughs> um, I've already had a Twix this morning. It's really bad. No breakfast and a Twix. Yeah. So diet is, is really difficult. We struggle here. I'll yeah. be completely honest with you. Yeah. From morning till night, we don't really eat anything good. Mm. And then when we go home, it's eight, nine o'clock at night, and I'll like, oh, just get a takeaway. Yeah. So that, that is a, if you can master that. Yeah. Then I'm I really think you trying. can do anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, that, I find that harder than the property stuff. Yep. So, you know, it's pros and cons of life. Pros <laughs> and cons of life. So when you wake up in the morning, yeah. do you pick your phone up straight away? Uh, I'm guilty of that. Yep. Instantly. I'm guilty of that. But sometimes I used to put it in the other room. Yep. So I'm going to start doing that again. You just reminded me. So me and Isabella, we had a conversation about this the other day. And I really believe that we need to knock our phones off at a certain time yeah. and try our hardest 
to not put them on till the morning. Yeah. It's, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. And I don't know whether we're going to be able to do it. Yeah. But I think it's something we need to do because mm. the phone, to me, is probably the biggest distraction in my whole day. Yeah. Because I'll sit down to do something and then it'll just ring and WhatsApp and this and that and social media and I'm just, I'm just gone then. Yeah. I'm in a whole different world. Yeah. So I don't, I'm guilty of it as well. I wake up, I open my eyes, phone's yeah. in my hand. It's the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure we can both conquer it. I'm, gonna, I'm going yeah. to try. It's very yeah. important. Yeah. It's very important. It's, it's important for me because I'm in a relationship mm. and we need to have that time. You're not in a relationship at the moment, uh, are you? I am, I am in a relationship, yeah. Okay, we'll cut that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> cut that bit out completely in case she watches no, and I have no I don't idea. Mind. I'm not too bothered. No. It's all right. I'm but yeah, about it. Okay, so we'll leave that in then. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like the phone anymore. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Um, I need it. It's my yeah. business. My whole business runs on the mobile. It, 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 it's thingy, but I need to learn to be able to put it down to concentrate on my relationship yeah. because having a happy life outside of work yeah. makes my work life happy, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm. I, I, I really like that. Yeah. It's important, isn't it, to have the balance and, like, you know, just switching off, switching off your phone and just having that time, yep. your, your personal time. So, yeah. In your field of HMOs, yeah. what would you consider yourself as if you put it as an amateur? Um, or seriously experienced, where would you put yourself right now? I would say new. I'm only five years in, so new, but obsessed and trying my best. Okay. Yeah. Give me, give me, a, I know my answer, yeah. but I want you to answer it. Yeah. Why is it important to be obsessed? Okay. Um, Obviously, when we, when we say obsessed, I used to, um, you know, Grant Cardone, he says that thing, be obsessed or be average. Yep. I fully agree with that. And I, I feel like me, I'm 27 years old. I do prioritise making this happen, to making this property thing happen, business happen. So for me, it's like, I'm not going to lie, everything else does come second. Um, obviously, family, friends, they're super, they're important to me. My relationships, everything, they're important to me. But, this is my main thing. So my thing is really prioritising that. But also being stress-free, fitness and stuff as well. But I'd say the main thing for me is like this. So, okay, so I think it's important to do it if you want to become successful at something. But if you just want to be good at something, I don't think you need to be obsessed, obsessed. But I say if you want to become like a, like a master in something, then you have to put in the hours again and again so there, there's a saying that it's 10,000 hours to perfect your craft yeah which is a very very long time yeah I'm I'm super obsessed yeah everything I do like mm. it's something that's in my brain yeah and sometimes I can be misconstrued mm -hmm. people look at me in a certain way and be like why are you so like that where you don't see that and that and it's not it's not a personal thing yeah it's just I have this and I need to get there yeah. And everyone keeps saying to me, when is enough enough? Yeah. When, when do you stop? Yeah. What's the goal? I don't have an actual physical end goal. Yeah. I don't want to retire mm. because I believe that if you switch your brain off, mm. that's when you're just on the verge of like yeah. just ending your life then. Yeah, because yeah, I think yeah. the brain has to be active like a muscle all yeah. the time. Yeah. So, so the obsession side of it, I love having conversations with people like you who yeah. are obsessed. Yeah. I don't like people who, it, it's not that I don't like the person, I yeah. don't like the mindset of somebody who goes, it's okay to be okay. 
Yeah, like half hearts. Yeah, it's okay. Like, yeah. you know, you wake up in the morning and you go, how's today going to be? Yeah, it's going to be okay. What are you going to yeah. do? I'm going to do what I need to do. Yeah. That to me, we're only here for a very short time. Yeah, and I just feel blessed to like have something what I'm actually loving and enjoying because so many people are lost. They don't know what they like. They don't know what they love to do and like they don't have a passion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so blessed and grateful to have property, yep. to be honest. I love it. I love it. But um, it's sad because some people's what they're obsessed with might not ever generate money. Yep. And that's like kind of sad to see because people put their all into something. Because yep. people put their all into something that might not ever pay them. And it's like, you know, it, what do you think about that? Like people following their passions that might not ever pay them. I think that that's where the person needs to have a cut-off point. Yeah. Because it's okay to have something that you love doing and yeah. an obsession, but if you know that obsession is never going to materialise into what you need it to be, yeah. I think you need a cut-off point. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what separates the geniuses from the average person. Mm. Because I believe a genius knows when they're onto something that is mm. going to work, but a fool will just work at it forever and ever and ever a day. Yeah. You have to give something a lifespan. I believe that if you can't succeed in something within five years, yeah. it might not be for you. Yeah. Because yeah. within five years, that's a long, long time. Mm. You can get to a certain level where you know, like you're on five years, Yeah. you know now, this is it. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I, I feel confident and I feel like this is definitely my calling to do yeah. this. So. Yeah, I get what you mean, 100%. Yeah, it's very important. I think I genuinely believe every single person has a calling. Yeah. But I think you have to find it. And I don't think everyone finds it. That's why the world has so many different people in it. Yeah. But I think when we're born, there is something specific in our heads or our brains mm. that is there, but yeah. we have to unlock it. Yeah. Going a little bit weird, like a Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what no, I believe. I, I think everybody yeah. is here for a reason. We met a guy yesterday who was we went for breakfast as a team mm -hmm. and then we met a guy yesterday and he nearly died. He had a car accident and it literally took half his head off. So he had a metal plate and half his brain looked like it was completely gone. Mm -hmm. And we had a conversation with him and I asked him, I said to him, how long was you out for? As in when you had the accident, obviously mm. you, you was unconscious. Was he in like a coma or something? Yeah, seven or eight months, he said. And oh. then they brought him round and had a conversation with him and stuff like that. And I look at him mm. and I'm like, you're here for a reason. Yeah. I don't know what reason, you don't know, but there's a reason that you did not just pass away. Yeah. You were saved for something. If you can find that, yeah. that's your calling. Yeah. But again, not everybody finds their calling. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's what I believe. Mm. But I know my calling. My calling is property. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy the teaching side of it. Yeah. I really Which are do. great up, by the way. Cause oh, I've thank had, you very much. I, when I watch your videos, the way you, that you break things down, it's yeah. very easy to understand. And it's like, you yeah. go over the key things as well. So It's common sense. Yeah. And if you can break things down in simple terms, yeah. it's not everybody's a simple person. Yeah. But if you explain something in simple terms, mm. it just makes it easy to understand. You could be a genius. Yeah. But if you don't know what someone's explaining to you, you're not a genius, are you? Yeah. But if someone explains it to you in the most simplest form, mm. you cannot get it wrong. Mm. So I'm quite funny about how I explain things. I like to keep things very simple. Yeah. I think people who overcomplicate certain things are doing it for an upsell. Okay, yeah. So they'll yeah. explain it in a way that the person doesn't understand and then they'll yeah. be like, oh, I do an added yeah. something. Yeah. If you pay for that, it helps it. 
I'm like, well, the parent yeah. needs to learn it anyway. So what are you doing? Like, I feel like property, the property space, there's so much to learn. Yeah. And it's like, I think you're doing a great thing by actually providing education to people when you've done it yourself. Yeah. So you practice what you preach. So I think it's great. I honestly do. Thank you. I appreciate um, that. And lots of young people who are going to be, you know, helped by, you know, doing your stuff. Yeah. So I, I think it's really it's good. It's very frowned upon, you know, the education sector. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that give it, um, you know, throw dirt at it and stuff yeah. like that. But if it's done correctly, like we said at the beginning, and if you teach correctly and if you put the right message out, yeah. people will start seeing actually these guys are not one of them people who are here to make money just from core sales yeah. or something like that. We work Monday to Friday yeah. and Saturday we teach. We love it. It's fun. Yeah. Um, we have very small classes. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. It's fantastic. Can't do it for free. Yeah. Have bills, have overheads. Our time is worth money. Yeah. I saw a post that you put out on your story a couple of, about a week ago yeah. saying, I'll help anyone, yeah. but I know my worth. That's it. And I believe if you know your worth, <laughs> why would you sell yourself short? That's the thing, because um, I feel there is a lot of people that feel entitled to, to my time. I don't know if you get those similar DMs. You might be more helpful than me. I don't know. But I've got them, trust me. Yeah, but I feel there's a lot of enti entitled people. Yeah. Um, it's just getting out of that mindset of, well, listen, I am a professional uh, and I will charge for my time. Look at like a planning consultant. Look how much they charge for one hour of their time yeah. or anyone else in the industry. So why shouldn't I charge? No, I agree with you. Yeah. I completely agree. If somebody wants your help yeah. and they're willing to learn, yeah. they, they need to know that your time is worth money Yeah. because that hour or two or month, what you give them, yeah. what you could be doing in that time. Yeah, I could be working on deals, you know, trying yeah. to make deals happen. So for me, um, I'll definitely, if someone is interested in a joint venture, then yeah, I'm jumping on a call with them. Um, but if someone just wants like coaching, then I yeah. would charge for it. You have to? Yeah. You have to, because you can be a busy fool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get lots of DMs, lots yeah. and lots of them. And the one that I get at the minute, the main one is, can I shadow you? Yeah. Can I just be around the offices? Can I just come and learn? And I'm just like, what, where do you think that that's acceptable? Yeah. Um, I love helping people, yeah. but I can't literally just have someone 24-7 yeah. around me because it doesn't make no Pe sense I whatsoever. I think people need to know that it's got to be value and value. Yep. So like, it can't just be one person bringing value to a, a relationship or a business relationship. Yep. It's got to be both. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I think YouTube is for the free info. This is how I do it anyway. I say YouTube's for the free information because um, I try and put loads out on YouTube and then, you know, if someone wants a consultation, then yeah, we can do it, but I yep. would have to charge for it. Yeah. But if someone wants to do a joint venture and discuss it, then yeah, we jump on a call with them for free. So I like that. Yeah. But you do have serious amounts of knowledge to pass. And I've only been around you twice now. Yeah. Oh, but even walking good. around and yeah. listening to the way you speak and, you know, the problems. I think the problems make yeah. the journey more fun. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. Stressful at the time. Yeah. But then when the when you've overcome them and you look back on them, you're like, yeah. well, I know how to deal with that next time. Yeah. When so. it's all let out, income's coming in. <laughs> That's what I love. That's yeah. my favourite part. So. When you're sitting on your beach in Mexico yeah. drinking a pina colada, <laughs> that's when you'll be smiling. Yeah. That's good. That's it. Right. Thank you very much. I massively appreciate you joining us today. Uh, I think people are going to love this. Uh, you're genuinely one of the nicest guys we've met. Genuinely. Oh, thank you, mate. You're appreciate obviously that. speaking at our event on the 7th of May. Yes. At the Grand Hotel. Yes. Excited? Very excited. But I need to um, get a bit more, sit down with you after this and just yeah. like have a little plan of. Oh, 100%. Yep. But yeah, I'm excited to do it. Black tie? Yeah. Dicky bow? Yes, yes. Excited? <laughs> I can't wait. I love that type of stuff. <laughs> That's so. good. I love that. Yeah. But thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. Guys, there you have it. 
first podcast of the new season, Luigi Newton, what a great guy, massive experience in the HMR world. Anything that you need to know, please DM him, but don't ask him just for free <laughs> advice. Please DM him and put some comments below because he will answer any questions that you guys have got. And on that note, I will see you soon.